Hey, this is Bez Stone. And this is Freya Dietrich. And welcome to the Infinite Relating Podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome back. We are excited to be here today. And we were just talking about um, how Infinite Relating, and we're so grateful, first of all, first and foremost, for everyone who's been listening to our podcast. Oh, my God. And the great feedback we've been getting. The great feedback. Helping. Yeah, we've been getting some really fun testimonials. <laughs> yes. <laughs> about ways that Infinite Relating, the podcast, is helping people. Um, we had someone reach out and tell us directly that it helped them get laid, I think was the specific words they used, with in, a new lover. In a really heart-opening way. In a really heart-opening <laughs> way. I actually had my own partner, Max, quote me something that Freya said on the Infinite Relating podcast. Yes, I've had three people <laughs> quote me, and I, I lose my mind. It feels really mm-hmm. good to know that it's it's really resonating and feeling supportive. Yeah. yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening and for reaching out to us, and please keep it coming. It's super, super wonderful, and, and um, yeah, it's just it's just a thrill to get to share this way of being that we've that Frey and I have been so into, that we've been so into um, it has with been, more yeah. people. And that has been so supportive for us and the way we relate to everybody. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So one of the things that's sort of been emerging in my conversations with people um, since last week is that infinite relating is really a lifestyle. And I like that idea that, like, it's less of a relationship style and more of, like, a, a whole... Um, like way of being that a specific style like poly or monogamy or, you know, any of these other formats could occur inside of. And we talked about that a little bit last week when we talked about what infinite relating isn't. And we also talked about the fact that infinite relating is not a free for all, that it's Mm -hmm. not like a total, you know, there's no rules. It's like the wild west of relationships and like anything goes. That's not, that's also not true. And so what we wanted to do today was, was give you all um, some really concrete thing, like, technology honestly yeah Yeah. to in order to um like find some some real footing in this very uncharted territory of infinite relating that has no map that has no end goal has no beginning you know (laughs) it's very amorphous and wonderful in that way but it is really nice at these crossroads I think in particular of a relationship or a life to be able to have something to do that is a bit more structured yeah, and to and for when you're engaging with new people or new relationships or relationships are changing in their intensity or their depth, that you have a tool to kind con- connect with each other and, and check in and are we on the same page? Are we are we having the same experience? Because right. it's your perspective and my perspective, and there's something in the middle. And so this is a great to- we have developed some great tools that can help us use some common language together and make sure like what well, we are actually in in the same same realm together. Totally. Yes. So we would like to introduce to you. The dreams conversation. <laughs> dreams. <laughs> dreams. D-R-E-A-M-S is something that Freya and I developed based on several bodies of work that I want to give some credit to. Two of them are from two other modalities of this similar conversation are um, were developed by ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts. They have their own version. I know Reed Mahalko has his own version and Misha Bonaventura talk about, you know, the, is this even a good idea conversation, mm-hmm. I think is, is how I heard them talk about it years ago. So this, this idea of, you know, I meet someone, I'm interested in engaging with them. Um, you know, how do you start? Like, how do you start in a way that's conscious and that ideally would avoid a lot of the very common pitfalls that happen in relationships, casual hookups, or even longer term relationships 
um, which is just clearing up a whole lot of misunderstanding from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel, find, especially as we're navigating some of these worlds where there's a lot of, lot of relationships that have no beginning and have no end, there can be some uncertainty, like, well, we made out a little bit, but does that mean anything? Do they want more? Or was that, is that just how they operate? Mm-hmm. There can be so much ambiguity that can be sometimes a little bit stressful. Yeah. So to have this tool and just re- request a direct conversation, which might feel really vulnerable and scary, and this kind of gives a template to move through that emotional state and just be like, hey, I just want to like check in. Like I said, are, right. are we available for the same thing? Totally. Do we want the same thing? Is this a good idea? Yeah. yeah. So DREAMS stands for desire, for the D, and we'll go through all of these individually and why they're so important and, and share with you how we talk about them. Desire, relationships, emotions, aftercare, meaning, sexual health. So that's the D-R-E-A-M-S. And the first time we had this conversation basically was in a tent in oh, yeah. <laughs> the Sierras with another girlfriend of ours. None of us were being sexual with each other. Frey and I, we, I mean, we, we didn't know each other very well at yeah. all, which is really sweet to remember. And we were like, let's practice. You know, we've heard that there's, there's this, you know, we want to be poly. We want to be exploratory in relationship. We're, you know, I was fresh out of this five-year monogamous relationship. You know, I don't know how, you were just like exploring solo poly. Yeah, and I was like in solo poly. Yeah, mm-hmm. feeling really good about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we, we were like, okay, there's this cool thing we can do. We're like, you talk to someone before you hook up with them and you find out like, are we aligned here or not? Like, what are your boundaries so that I don't cross them? Or I know if I'm willing to even interact with you based on what your boundaries are, what do you want with me? Do we even want the same thing? Like, you know, what are you available for? Like, so we had this conversation in the tent just as friends. Right. And it was so fun. (laughs) Really fun and really helpful. Really helpful. Because, even diving into desire, I think so many of us are trained to kind of hide that part of us to not even connect. So it was really helpful, especially in a safe container with girlfriends with like, mm-hmm. no, there were no stakes. Like, what do I really desire when I'm connecting with somebody? What am I yeah. available for right now? Yeah. What, yeah. What am I calling in? Yeah. 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 Cool. So yeah. So the idea is that this is a conversation that we recommend having and that, that I do have with anybody as early as it feels relevant to you to figure out whether you want to go farther with this person. So for a long time, I would have a dreams talk and initiate that before I, I wouldn't even make out with anyone. I wouldn't kiss anyone. Right. As Freya knows, because there was a couple of instances. <laughs> Bez wouldn't kiss me. <laughs> because he didn't have a dreams go. Yeah, I wouldn't even make out with anyone without having a dreams talk first. Because yeah. I come from a background of relatively reckless sexuality a lot of like deep, beautiful sexual exploration, yeah. but not a lot of um, like not a lot of um, uh, care and consideration <laughs> totally. of how that impacts yeah, your how relationship. that impacts my relationship or how it impacts yeah. me. Even yeah. it's kind of like yeah, let's go for it and figure it out later. Yeah. It's more my do damage control after totally. Yeah. So this was really revolutionary for me to be like, no, I'm not even going to kiss you before we do dreams because what if we don't want the same thing? What if you aren't actually available? for the kind of relationship I want or what if I'm not available for, you know, you have this assumption that if we make out, it's going to mean we see each other again. And I just want this to be a one-time thing. And we haven't even talked about that. Right. So, um, so yeah, so this is a conversation that we have a little PDF that we'll post in the show notes and it'll be on our website too. You can put it on your phone and save it to your photos. And then anytime you find yourself in this situation, you can bust it out and, and sit down and t- ask someone, Hey, do you want to have a dreams talk with me? 
it takes like, you know, anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, depending on how deep you want to go. Yeah. And we found it to be like universally intimacy building with everyone. Yes. You've ever done it with. Yes. It, it really gives you a, a peek into, into the inner depths of another person. Like I, I found it like there'll be somebody I'm dancing with or have this like sweet connection or crush energy. And it feels a little scary, but bringing this up, it's all of a sudden you get to like really look into who they are. And so it's really, a really great intimacy builder. I've used it on second, even first dates. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's really helpful to kind of give you a, a beautiful starting point totally. and get out of your story of what you might be creating. Totally. Yeah. So you want to go through it? Yes. Let's do it. Dope. Uh, okay. So desire. What do you want with this person or encounter? Looking at your sex life, your romantic life, your desires or fantasies, either with them or just in general. Um, what what brought you to this point where you even want to have this conversation? Like, what were you feeling? What was rising in in you with on the dance floor? Or you, you saw each other somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, having this conversation the first time was really difficult because I I had not been connected with my desire mm-hmm. for so long. Like that felt self-indulgent or I don't know just like it just wasn't it wasn't at the forefront and so every time I had this conversation I was able to get a clear understanding of myself and what I was wanting in each connection and so it 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 was able I was really able to tap into the specifics of like hey this is what I want with with you when, when I meet with you as a person or these are the type of relationships that I'm cultivating this is what I want um for me the biggest thing that I came through after having this conversation um more than once was that my desire is with every person that I'm encountering, especially when I was in solo poly, is I want us to have a friendship. I mm. want to be able to see you in community, on the dance floor. I want us to like wish each other well, no matter where this relationship goes. And and from that space, generally, if I'm having this conversation, I have sexual, sexual desire and availability. Mm-hmm. But I wanted it to come from a place that if that, for whatever reason, isn't compatible later or we change compatibility or change availability, I want us to be able to come back to that friendship. And it was really important to me that that was something that they mm-hmm. also desired. Yeah. Because if they were just looking for more of a casual, well, even I mean, ca- I'll have casual sex and then go back to friendship. But if they were looking for something where they didn't want that foundation, then that probably wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. And so it was really good to get that clarity up front. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I know, I think that in my world... And, and I, a world that I'd like to spread my world to the greater <laughs> world. <laughs> um, I love specificity when it comes to desire. Like I love it. I'm, I'm incredibly comfortable with it. And I feel very comfortable and safe when people use specificity with me. Mm. So, so for me, um, I feel like with, when most of us are really out of touch with our desire because of various like puritanical cultural yes. upbringing where, you know, we're not taught to be like capture, you know, capture that moment where you wanted something. Cause that is like so precious. Like that's like your, that's your lifeblood. That's mm. the, the thing that will get you what you want in life and that will bring you satisfaction. You know, right. we have to know what we want and then we, we get it or we get some version of it or it leads us down the path towards something even better. So I like to think of like, when I do this, my desire would be the moment when I knew I wanted to have the dreams conversation with them. Like what, what was it? Like, what was Mm. the thing that spark inside that prompted me to have this talk? And I think if we can be really honest about that, the more honest we can be, the better. Yeah. So that could be for me, anything from, for example, I feel attracted to you and therefore I'd like to have a dreams talk to see if 
our relationship styles and availability lineup before I go any further into my fantasy about wanting to be sexual with you. Right. That'd be a beautiful desire. You know, I'd like to get to know you better so I can see if we're compatible. That could be one. And then, you know, in a different instance, I could be at a play party, for example, or somewhere at another kind of party where like sexuality is much more sort of right up, up front and center. Right. And the desire could be, I'd like to kiss you. I'd like to share a kiss with you or anything more explicit than that. Right. <laughs> Down to the very specific, you know, a specific fantasy about exactly what I'd like to do with you or to you or what you do with someone else. Mm. And so to me, like the more, the more specific the desire can be, even if it's not super sexual, even if it's like a desire to explore or a desire to learn more, um, to check for compatibility, to yeah, get to know each other. I think that that, that really sets the stage for like, why bother, you know, why bother to, to go into the vulnerability of the next R E A M S, you know, (laughs) because there's, there's a reason there's something that's pushing me, drawing me forward, um, inside of myself. And I've tended to find that when we share our desires with other people, people tend to get on board with them. Like I want to back the people I love and having what they want. And you know. it feels really yummy and exciting to hear, like when you're excited about someone and they get to share, like, oh, I've been thinking about you. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling this rise. Like this conversation actually can be a really, it's a little bit of foreplay in, in a way oh, of like getting all, yeah, getting that energy running. Yeah. Yeah. So D, you would both talk about your desire. Why are we here? Why did I initiate this conversation with you? Why did you say yes to this conversation? What do we both want? You could also in this section say, like, I'm looking for my life partner, like I'm looking for, you know, a big relationship or I'm just looking for a casual hookup, you know, anything, anything at all that's true for you. And then after each of these um, sort of chunks, the D-R-E-A-M-S, you check for alignment. And this is really important because I've had dreams conversations and made it to a certain certain letter and realized like, okay, this isn't. Right, (laughs) which is why it's such a great tool. It's it's not just for the mutual yes, but it's for Mm -hmm. the, oh, actually, thank you. This is is where we Mm -hmm. kind of end. Totally, and how liberating and how much drama and heartache (sighs) and community pain and personal agony and hurt feelings can get spared by realizing at letter D, like, oh, I just want to kiss you and, like, you're looking for your life partner, you know? Right, right. Or I'd like to get to know you better and you think I'm a cool person and, you know, feel friendly with me, but you have no, you're not, you're not interested in me in any kind of sexual or romantic way. Like, right. My God, just to get that, to get, to get that out in the open, you know, at the very beginning, like before any kind of emotional, um, you know, I I don't want to say entanglements, but just vulnerabilities and yeah, the enmeshment starts to happen. Um, I think is part of how we can take care of each other and part of how we can define the format of our infinite relationship. Yes, yes. And I think that even like reminds me like one of the reasons I love this conversation and it has felt so important to us is we we're in a small community here. Yeah. Our 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 dance community, a lot of us are seeing each other and dating and exploring. And so it feels extra important that we're taking care of each other because I want to be able to see you. I want to be able to hang out with you or I want to see you with my friends. Or I just want to make sure that we're all looking out for each other so that we, we can keep swimming in the pool yeah, together. Totally. Yeah. So that's D. Check for alignment. If it feels like there's overlapping desires, then you keep going. Yeah. And then we move on to relationships. Uh, so what is your relationship style? Are you polyamorous? Are you monogamous? Are you solo poly? Like anywhere within those spectrums. What other relationships are you currently in? Do those have any agreements or boundaries? And then within that, 
what what types of relationships are you available for? Mm-hmm. All right, maybe you're polyamorous and you're, you're dating lots of people, but maybe you're polysaturated right now. And even though there's excitement and shared interest, maybe you can acknowledge like, I don't, I don't know if I actually have, you know, availability for another lover, another partner. So these things are really, really Huge. important to explore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You just said all that. And I was like, wow, that is like, all that is so, yeah. you know, could each one of those little pieces can be slowed down to like, wow, it is so crucial to actually stop <laughs> and think about my other commitments, the other agreements I have what I have bandwidth for, like you're yeah, saying, you yeah. know, do I have room for, do I have, actually have space to cultivate a new connection? And if so, what type of, you know, how, what type of connection do I have space for? Right. And then for the other, for, for us to then provide the opportunity for consent, you know, that mm. someone could just openly say, you know, here's my, here's my situation with my other lovers or my other partners or with myself and like, does that work for you or not? You know, are you, are you willing to um, operate within the other agreements and boundaries that I have in my other relationships? Yeah. Especially if, I mean, think about the so many options. Like if, if you're connecting with somebody and they have a primary partner and yes, we're all polyamorous, but are you comfortable being secondary? Are you comfortable Mm -hmm. being, you know, like with a hierarchy or even navigating one of you is poly and one of you is monogamous is there still room with that? I, there, I mean, that is possible. There are people who are polyamorous dating a monogamous person totally. and they I, find I a way them. to make yeah. it work, right? <laughs> we, we might know people in that situation. But, but it, it's, not, it's not necessarily a no, but it's a, hey, can we see, is there room for this? Can we make yeah. this work is in, yeah. within those nuances? And, and like I said, like, what is bandwidth? Because I did find myself, I want to love everybody. I want to fall in love with everybody. I want to connect with everyone. And I got to the point this year that I found myself polysaturated and I remember Mm -hmm. connecting with somebody new and I'm like, this is exciting. It feels really good. I want to be in here with you. But I had to say, I had to say to myself and this other person, like, yes, there's energy here. Yes, this feels really good. In this moment, I feel like such a yes. I don't think I have any availability or bandwidth to actually give, you know, to honor you and and what that time commitment or what that requirement would be. And it was, it was it felt it was felt really empowering to have that conversation and i think it felt good to be able to acknowledge to that person like yeah i feel this this feels really good you were met in this energy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i just don't have the availability right. to give this what it would take to to move it forward yeah 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 this r one is really interesting for me to talk to you about right now cuz we've been we've been exploring dreams for like 9 months it's been a while yeah um almost a year And I've been until a couple months ago, solo poly or even just single, you know, and not really wanting for a while. I wasn't having any sex, like, or any intercourse or even any deep, like, sexual connection, more just like making out and, you know, sort of light sensuality was what I was available for. And then I went into a phase of doing solo poly. And so I was able in the relationship section to say, um, yeah, that's my relationship status and I'm not available for a relationship. And of course, Max and I had this conversation. We had <laughs> talked about the dream stuff before we hooked up and I said that all this, <laughs> not looking for a relationship, I'm not available for a relationship. But we know that that, didn't, that isn't what panned out. And so this will be the first time, the next dreams talk I have, because I haven't had mm. one since he and I have gotten really serious, will be the first time I actually have relationship boundaries to run by someone and say 
hey, here's what I'm available for. I have a primary partner. Like here are our sexual limits that we currently have, which are evolving, but you know, they, they are determined by us. Right. And are you, does that, that would give someone the opportunity before we do anything to know, like currently, for example, he and I have exclusivity around penetrative sex and oral sex. So like mm-hmm. anything up into the oral sex line, I'm free to do. We're both free to do. Um, but anything past that, it's just with each other for now. And so I just feel like this, I'm excited to get to <laughs> practice this with someone. Cause I haven't, like I said, I haven't had this conversation since we've made these agreements to be able to, to know, it feels so much more respectful to know ahead of time, yes. you know, as the person that I'm interested in to be able to ask them, like, instead of in the moment, like you're in the moment and you know, it's getting super hot and sexy and you're like, oh, I have these boundaries with my partner, but I don't know when, when do I bring this up? You know, right. when do I bring this up? I think it's so, when do I bring up my STD status? Like when do I bring up, you know, what I really want in relationship or what I might need from you or what I'm available for emotionally or what my other partners, you know, what their <laughs> needs are. Like, when do we talk about this? Yeah. And the answer is as soon as possible, as soon as possible, in the dreams talk, in this format where there's plenty of time and space to really allow everybody to consider the reality, like what phrase, what you're saying of like, what are we actually, what am I actually available to offer? And what am I actually, what are my needs around what I'm yeah. willing to receive, you know? And as you were saying that I could feel into, yeah, if I were, if I were having this conversation with you, with your new agreements, that transparency feels really empowering because I get to self-select if that feels okay for me. Mm-hmm. You know, just no, having right. that foundation of like, yeah, that feels, I, I, I'm not going into it and then, and then all of a sudden finding out like, oh, wait, you're actually not, you know, I thought you were available for everything, but you're not. And so to be able to go, oh, like, does that actually feel okay for me? Is this, is this going to be enough or am I looking for something that has more, more yeah. availability? Yeah, and just the transparency so everybody can stand in their sovereignty and really like, go into it eyes wide open totally yeah and this our section is the perfect time to say (laughs) hey i practice this thing called infinite relating (laughs) it's like this really cutting edge amazing style of relating where you know that there are parameters of what i'm available for i do have specific desires with you you know we are going to be upfront about our boundaries and all of that and our sexual health and our emotional needs and you know what we what we need from each other um, but it is this style of relating where I'm more interested in, in ex- actively exploring what's alive between us, whatever that may be, and staying connected around that, whether it's whether it evolves into friendship, whether it evolves into deep partnership, whether it evolves into lovership, um, and being able to, to talk about that. Because people have also, you know, through listening to the podcast and reading about our posts and stuff online, have, have asked me at least, like, how do you start telling other people that you're an infinite relater? And like, right. how do you explain that? And how do you get sort of buy-in. And I think this also provides, this dreams format provides a really nice way to to be able to say, yes, I'm an infinite relater and here are my current boundaries and and sort of shows that it is absolutely possible, even necessary to have both, to be able to be fully open to explore the connection and let it be what it wants to be and also to have, you know, personal boundaries, boundaries with other relationships and stuff like that. Yeah, it's creating the safe container within the infinite. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> I right? love that. But that feels because it can Bumper it can sticker I, material. <laughs> it can feel really maybe a little scary and vulnerable to have, you know, to be staring into the infinite and to have that so wide open. But no, we get to we get to create our our safe containers and it's it's evolving, but but know that yeah, we're this is how we build that safe container that allows us to safely play within the infinite. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> 
<laughs> so relationships, you have your checkpoint. I would say, hey, if you want to hook up with me currently, um, no sex, no oral sex. Is that are you comfortable with that? I have a primary partner. Uh, he is my priority at the moment. And so, you know, we, we don't quite have like a veto power thing set up, but definitely there's um, there's a way that his and my relationship is taking precedent for me in my life right now. And anyone else I connect with would be in more of a secondary kind of situation for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And okay I would say part, part of my relationships too, is that I'm very transparent. I am a talker. I'm a sharer. Hence I'm on a podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I let people know, I'm, I, I will be sharing that we're connecting with all of my yes, lovers. I'm very you. transparent. They will know about you. They will know who you are. Are you comfortable with this? Cause yeah. if you're not, then it, and then it won't work for me because I can't, I can't do the secret thing. It just, totally. so yeah, that's an important piece as well. That is very true. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. Yeah. And I think this is a good time too, you know, before you have this dreams conversation with a potential lover or partner hookup to, to think about like, what are, and this is good for me because I, I need to do this. We're going to soul play this festival next oh week, which is very exciting. It's in the Bay area and it's all about like, you know, interpersonal relationships and intimacy. And it's a lot of like beautiful, fun, sexy, um, sexy very <laughs> open and available people there. And so for me, to really, we should do this, to really go through each of these and think like, what are my personal boundaries in terms of if someone came to me and said, you know, I want X, Y, Z, or here, I, you know, my other relationship prohibits this. If I could say, you know, I'm actually not comfortable with that. Like I need, you know, like, just like you're saying, like I need to be able to talk openly about my yeah. connections and this person wants discretion and privacy. And that's just, that would be a great example of after the R to just say, God, you're super hot and I wish we could hook up, but this is this isn't gonna work and I really really advocate for doing that I've done it before and it's I really really think it's so important for us as as good community members and good sexual health you know whatever proponents yeah yeah, practicers to be um to be to know when an incompatibility is not worth the the like instant gratification of Mm. having that hookup to then have all this drama afterwards that's the whole point of this conversation is to really avoid Avoid wasting our time on unnecessary battles. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's plenty of other ones that we get to do yeah. that are really worthwhile. Absolutely. You know? I just had this, like, oh, shit moment of mm. of realization. Like, I should have the dreams conversation with my partner. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Because we had it way early when we weren't even yeah. you know, romantic. And now now that we're in partnership and we're going to soul play. Yes. You know, there's, yeah, it's like this using this format would be really great for clarifying where we are in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take my own medicine. <laughs> so after the R check for alignment, and then we go into E and E is emotions. And I think this, so the next, um, several emotions, aftercare and meaning, um, all kind of interweave in some way. They're all sort of about the inner experience and the emotional body. And these are the ones that notoriously I would definitely skip over in mm. any any sort of sexual conversation I might have with someone or even with myself in terms of what I needed sexually. I tend towards the like sex separate from emotion. I'm one of those like maybe like less common women that can have sex and totally not get attached. And that also means there's been a way that I've shut off my emotionality from my sex sexuality for a long time. Right. And so for me, I think these are these are exciting. And these are the ones that when I first developed this format um, were really like edgy for me and also 
very important to talk about explicitly. Yes. Because I think there's so, so, for each person, there's something in this that they would just glaze over. Be like, Absolutely. Eh, we just want to do those. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to worry about I'll it. I'll talk about my desire. I'll talk about my relationship. Yeah. We'll skip to sexual health. We'll just avoid this like EAM emotions after care <laughs> meaning. Because like, I don't, that just doesn't, that doesn't apply to me. Because I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> or they'll focus on emotions after care meaning and go really deep, but they won't talk about the practicalities of like, are you available? What do you right. want? Like, what's your STD status? You know? Yes. So emotions is um, really about the emotional component of sex and connection. So are you looking for just a purely sexual connection with this person? Or do you want an emotional relationship in addition to a sexual connection? Or do you just want an emotional connection? And there isn't as much sexual energy even between the two of you, but there's some kind of sensual or romantic or, you know, something like a more of an asexual kind of situation. Yeah. And what are your emotional needs and desires in general around sex? And I think that this, yeah, this one is so big and is, is really evolving for me. When I first started having this conversation in my solo poly days, I was not looking for a relationship. I was explicitly not looking for any emotional connection at all, which is really funny. I remember the frustration. Like, where are the men that just want to fuck? Yeah. I was like, dude. Yeah, I kept having this conversation. Yeah. I would get excited about someone. We would have this talk and they would be like, well, I'm looking for, I'm interested in like actually getting to know you. And I was like, ah. I don't want to get to know you. I just, like, no. just want to have sex. It was like, such a funny role we were so for a while. I totally forgot about that. It was really funny. Um, so, yeah, now, I, you know, I think it's so, now that I'm, and this is so awesome that we just get to bear our souls this way to, like, random people, but now that I'm in this um, experience of opening opening up my emotions more in sex and realizing that they can be connected that it even feels good when they're connected Mm. I actually find myself in a situation where I'm I'm less interested overall in having emotionless sex you know like I feel much more interested in um having there be some kind of emotional connection even if it's just for one night you know doesn't mean that it has to be long-lived but just having that uh, presence and vulnerability and you know instead of just like the hot fun friction which I also I mean I love that I'm very comfortable there and that also actually now that I say it out loud sounds pretty great but yes <laughs> so on some hot fun friction <laughs> very explicit that totally. is deep hot fun friction while I pull my hair wow totally. <laughs> yes yeah we can do that thank you very much talk to you later yeah um, and for me, God, this that was... does sound good. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> That's our next bumper sticker: hot fun friction. Hot, I love that hot fun friction. <laughs> for me, this one, I, this is where I would tell people: if I have sex, I can I can do the casual sex thing once. If I have sex with you more than once, I'm gonna fall in love with you. Mm. And just like letting them know, like yes. I'll be okay and you'll be okay. But just so you know, I'll I'll have those feelings, and that's gonna be part of this. Mm. Yeah. So that was, yeah. and it felt really good for me to own that because then I didn't feel like I was sneaking it up on somebody who was looking for just a casual totally. experience. I'm like, yep. no, my my heart goes in, and and it doesn't mean that. Um, I need to collect you and you're going to, we're going to go into partnership, but, but there, I will love you. God, that made that level of vulnerability and like self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. It felt so empowering to know that. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to own it and and get rid of like the cultural shame, especially that's often placed on women around like, oh yeah, women fall in love. Right. Oh yeah. To be able to say, yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's great. It's such a great part of my experience. Totally. And I'm not going to make you responsible for it. Yeah. Yeah. And how did people react to that? 
I think because I was so upfront with it, people seemed okay. Yeah. You know, there maybe was like a moment where they <laughs> cock their head at me, but but it because it I think because I was just so open and upfront of like, yeah, this is gonna happen and I'm gonna own it and that will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it maybe was disarming for for men who are maybe sometimes wary that that's gonna happen without without the sovereignty attached to yeah. it. Yeah. So you know, it felt really good. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So emotions, checkpoint, that I think, yeah, I think a big sort of mismatch here would be someone saying, I really just want a casual one night stand. Like for me, I want some fun friction, fun, friction. <laughs> fun, hot friction. And someone else saying, oh yeah, well, I tend to fall in love or I'm even looking to fall in love. I'm hoping to fall in love. <clears throat> um, that could be a, just, a, a, it doesn't have to be a deal breaker, but this can also just, this conversation can also inform like when to take pause and when yeah. to say, okay feeling a lot of resonance. We have a lot lining up. I got a little question mark in my, in my head about the fact that, you know, I'm really looking for something to casual and this person is looking for something less casual. And even if, you know, we can agree that maybe we'll just do a casual thing for tonight. Is that really, you know, is this, is this a place that I want to take a risk? It's a risk, you know, anytime we see these kind of mismatches in this conversation, it doesn't have to mean like game over, but it is really, really good to know sort of who, we are giving our energy and attention to and whose energy we're bringing into our lives. Right. Yeah. What you're walking into eyes wide open. Yeah. And this has been um, coming up in some of our, you know, community as people, as, as relationships transition and evolve, we often, you know, we, we talk about it and we see, you know, what could have been avoided um, if, if possible, like, is there any harm or drama or hurt feelings that could be avoided? And I think that in addition to what people say, in answering each of these questions, it is also really, for me, important to get a sense of, like, who is this person? Like, what are they revealing to me about themselves through the way that they're they're answering? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, so after E is aftercare. So this is another <laughs> big avoidance issue for Bez. I didn't even know you could ask for this <laughs> before these conversations. Totally. It's like, wait, you don't just have to wait and see and hope they call you the next day. Mm-hmm. You can actually tell them. Yeah. Which, oh, so wild yeah so wild I remember when I first learned a version of this format um aftercare was on that version and I was like like only like losers need aftercare that's what what a bitch I am I was literally like those weak people who need aftercare and like that's not me you know I was like adamantly like I don't need care you were such a strong independent woman right oh my god it's so painful (laughs) and it took honestly me taking this very, very far, um, in a sexual situation and not, and again, the opportunity was there to have this conversation and ask for aftercare. And I didn't, I totally skipped that part. I was that person that was like, Oh, let's just do D and, and S and like move on, you know, intentionally had no aftercare set up for myself and had like a massive, like a very, very negative crash that Mm. night. Um, that was really dark. Honestly, it was, it got very dark and that, was kind of like my rock bottom experience. Wait, I got something in my throat. Yeah. No, that makes sense because that's, <coughs> I feel like aftercare, after you've been so vulnerable and open with somebody in some way, whether it's sexual encounter or just like you had a deep, intimate, emotional experience, like that's when our core wounding comes up, like after yeah. that exposure. Totally. And so to be completely um, left like hanging in the wind alone with it can feel really scary. Yeah. And it's not the part of you, the adult part of you who's got you, who has the tools, like she's gone. 
She, like, she's out the door. It's that, like, small child that's wounded that's just, like, there alone. So this is our opportunity to take care of that little little person inside of us before we get into the scary place alone. Yeah. And I think, absolutely, part of why it was hard for me, too, is that I identify as a woman who really likes sex. Right. And who feels very sexually empowered. And I think our culture, even in its well-intentionedness, can sort of overly want to protect women to a degree that can sometimes bother me. Like, absolutely. Some of the protection is absolutely wonderful, necessary, essential, and it is like righting the wrongs of our, you know, of the patriarchy, let's right. say. But some of it also, it can be like, hey, just let me like fucking sex. You yes, know what I mean? like, absolutely. Like, let me like this. Let me want it. Like, let me have it. Like, I don't need, I don't need the kid gloves, you know? Like, absolutely. I don't, I don't need all this delicacy. Like, I am, like, raunchy and intense. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I like to get down, and, like, I, that's what I want. And so I, I think, yeah. like, this aftercare idea kind of struck me as, like, don't don't baby me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, don't baby me in my sexuality as if I'm a woman, and we're going to have sex, and I'm going to open up, and then you're going to have to, like, care for me because I'm right. going to be so vulnerable. And I felt really angry about that, actually, because it didn't match my sense. It didn't feel empowering for me and, like, my sovereignty of being able to choose. Like, I know what I'm doing. Yes. And yes. I know what I want. Yes. And what I'm realizing is that I do know what I'm doing and I do know what I want and I am raunchy and I do like to have sex and all that stuff is true and I am a badass, you know? Yeah. And like sexual, vulnerable sexual interaction does stir up something inside of me. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may be, it can change every time. But it does stir up something. And it does, it is an opening and it is a connection with someone else. And it is a deep connection with myself. And that after that happens, honestly, it's just nice to have some care. It is. And, <laughs> you and, know? and this can honor our, our sovereignty because it's saying, I know what I'm going to need after. Yes. And I'm going to ask for it up front. Exactly. I'm going to ask for it. And if, and if you're not available, I'm going to walk away. Like yeah. that's, that's how sovereign I get to be in this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So aftercare is what specific keyword aftercare do you need after a sexual encounter snuggles a phone call and again just like with the d i i like to get really specific with the aftercare because Mm -hmm. otherwise i think what's maybe worse than no aftercare is vague aftercare (laughs) where it's like okay let's talk tomorrow Mm. what the fuck does that mean that is that is like a recipe for it not happening like who's calling who what time are you talking like you know, what format are you, are you going to FaceTime? Are you going to talk on the phone? Do you want to see each other in person? Like, yes. So to get really specific, as specific as it feels like you need in order to not have that sting of like, <gasps> ouch, or like, what the fuck the right. next day. So your nervous system is like waiting all day for exactly. this person to reach out to you. Right. Yeah. When like you never, agree, when, when you never explicitly made an agreement of who's reaching out to who or exactly. at what time. So for me, um, my my aftercare rule for a long time, and this also I think could use an updating, was if we if you kiss me even, if we make out at all or do anything sexual, I need to see your face the next day. Wow. And I really loved that. And it didn't have to be in person. It could be over, you know, Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. But it really felt like there was something for me about when I started to recognize the vulnerability of sex and sexual connection, that it just made it more real. Like, when I saw someone's mm. face, I was like, oh, that actually happened. Yeah. And it's okay that that happened. And we're still connected, and, and like, we're good, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and I'm good. And it just sort of humanized the whole process instead of 
especially if it was really hot, sometimes mm. it, it's easy almost when it's really hot to be, or, or awkward, either way, right. to be like, I don't know if that actually happened. I'm just going to, like, move on. Did I just create that whole story? Totally, like, <laughs> and, then, and then you see each other randomly a week later, and you're like, wow. So awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, I want to see your face the next day. Right. And, and that was really, has been really, really, really fruitful for me. I love that. Mm-hmm. That feels like too much for me. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. That's I why we haven't made out yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it was more, I wanted a text. I wanted I wanted mm. them to reach out and text me. Because phone calls feel like too much pressure a lot of time. FaceTime, oh my, who has time for that? I'm a mom, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I wanted a text initiated by them nice yeah to know and yeah before like halfway through the day i mean something very specific because if i'm waiting until like 8 p.m then my nervous system starts to get all weird and they're like are they are they just are they regretting it do they not like me was that weird now we're gonna be no so that that was it and then to be able to just ask for that felt really good and get it and be like oh great here we are we're still cool yeah it doesn't need to be weird and crazy the next time we see each other yeah i love that yeah yeah so getting that specific and then saying are you available and willing to give me the aftercare i need yes and then wait for them to actually say yes or no but to to really say like for me i see aftercare needs as like a boundary like if someone had said yeah i don't want to see your face tomorrow if we make out or I'm not available tomorrow to I see you. I maybe would say I don't want to see you. <laughs> Whatever they would say, I don't know. I'm not willing to do that. I don't want that kind of commitment. I literally would be like, well, I can't make out with you because that's my that's a need for me. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm over having, like, one-night stand, as much as I can love a one-night, good one-night stand. <laughs> I'm over having that kind of one-night stand energy where, like, it just melts away and there isn't any recognition mm. of, like, hey, we did that. And, like, how are you doing today? And, like, totally. great, let's anchor in this, you know, friendship or whatever it might be. Um, I like that. Anchor it in. Yeah. Totally. So are you available? Are you willing to give me the specific aftercare I need? Can you text Freya? Yes. Initiate a text before the middle of the day. Yeah. And if I were going to be with you, I would ask what time, because that's just my Ooh, style. I like, like that. Okay, when is the middle of the day to you? Yeah. Is it 2? Is it noon? Is it 5? Like, Say 1 p.m. That 1 really p.m. Good. Yeah. Great. <laughs> good. Because, yeah, like, if I'm hot for someone, I, I want, and their aftercare is something I'm willing to give and feels reasonable to me, like, I want to I want to give it to them. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I like that part, yeah. Yeah, and then it's, like, hot. And then it is hot, yeah. Then usually these conversations go on to, like, much yummier places. Totally. Yeah. I want to text you before 1 p.m. tomorrow. Ooh, <laughs> You know what we're doing after this podcast. <laughs> I'll have to check in with Max and your agreement. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so we checked with aftercare's the line. Next is meaning. Mm-hmm. What would it mean to have this sexual or romantic or emotional experience together? How might it impact your existing relationships? Um, exploring the assumptions that you might have. So you know, that, I think, is where we're coming from. The yeah. old world is like, if we have this... I'm going to assume that now you're my partner and we're going to be in love forever. You're going to assume this is only one time, but we're never actually going to check those together, talk about them, and then everything's going to crash and burn. Yes. So trying to... Basically. (laughs) That is is the old model (laughs) that we repeated over and over that we don't want to do anymore. It's exciting to live on the edge, but yeah, yeah, we're creating new edges. Mm, Um, So so, again, owning that. If for me, as I said, I'm probably going to fall in love with you, at least by the second time. But I'm also, I'm. But I'm also not writing a partnership story. I'm not writing a future story together. So it felt really good to clarify, like, yes, I'm going to fall in love with you. Yes, I want to have a continuing relationship together. But it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be more than like friends with benefits. Mm-hmm. And so that for, for me felt safe. And I would want to know if, 
I, you know, I have this, like, I fall in love with people, but I have an avoidant tendency. So if I felt like them, like now they had sex and now they, they're in love with me and they're kind of like grabbing onto me, like that would feel really scary for mm-hmm. me. So I would want to know if this is going to mean more. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. That... I think this one is so key. Yeah. And something that we don't often explicitly talk about with each other, like, and, and even get time, create time to drill down into ourselves about like, what, what would it mean for me? you know, actually, like if I peel away any sort of cultural Mm. assumptions or expectations, like what should it mean or what, you know, what would a cool person, what would it mean (laughs) to a cool person or an empowered person? And just for me, um, and what I came to for myself was that if, if we, most of the time that I had this conversation, what I would say to someone is, this isn't always true. Cause if it was like at a play party situation, it'd be different. It'd be more like, Oh, it just means that we're having a hot moment and, you know, I want to explore that for tonight. It's like a very tonight container. Right, right, yeah. But when it was something with someone in my community or, you know, that I felt more, where my D desire was more like, oh, I'm interested in exploring sexually with you. What it would mean is that something had opened up between us that needed to be closed at some point. Mm. That was was the only thing I could think that it would mean. And that um, made a lot of sense to me and seemed to make a lot of sense to the people I was connecting with too, like, if we do this, it means there's the energy, the sexual energy has been opened between us and I don't have any expectation about like where that would go or that right. we have to be partners or lovers or anything. But, um, but there is sort of an open question then about like an open curiosity between us about what might want to happen here. Right. Um, that, that would then want to be explicitly said, okay, you know, it's one day, two weeks, two years later, and now I, I'd like to end that curiosity and that exploration, you know? And so you would like to have a conversation, like when if when energy shifted or that availability mm-hmm. shifted, you would want to have kind of a clearing, closing conversation. Totally. Yeah, that was what it meant to me um, previously in my solo poly life. That was, that was the kind of thing I would say when I talk, would talk about meaning. That's and, great to hear because I have not been doing that at all. Yeah. Like, at, and I've even wondered, like, should I be doing that more? Because my relationships have been more fluid. Mm-hmm. So it would be really, it would be really helpful to hear that from a lover. Yeah. Like, I need this. Yeah. Because totally. otherwise I'm kind of defaulting to, oh, we're just kind of flowing. Yeah. You know? Drifting apart. Yeah. 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 And I don't know what my meaning would be now. I think that's a really good question. It, it might, you know, it might change um, with, every encounter I do think for me there is this kind of distinction between like hookup play party like you know line what kind of one one off line right and then like oh I'm actually interested in exploring with you and learning more about you and potentially not again we can never say oh I'd like a relationship with you because we don't know yet we're right. infinite relators <laughs> like we're discovering it as we go um, but the meaning would be, yes, I'm initiating something ongoing here. Like right. that on goes until it stops <laughs> and it could stop tomorrow and it could right. never stop until we die. But like there is, there it has like some ball has started to roll. Um, yeah. Sharing that intention, I yeah. think feels really helpful to be on the yeah. other side to know that. Yeah. 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 Cause I could totally imagine a situation where someone said that to me and I would not, I wouldn't feel that resonance with them. I'd be like, eh, I kind of just thought this meant like one time for fun. Like totally like hot friction. Like we're, having, you know? <laughs> we're having a great evening. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> it means we're having a great night. together. <laughs> so yeah, exploring those assumptions and especially the cultural mm-hmm. assumptions like, Oh, if we have sex, it means that you want to see me again. It means you love me. It means you don't want to see me again. It means you yeah. don't love me. You know, whatever the, anywhere on that spectrum of, you know, extremes, I think is really important to yeah, dig into. Really owning it. Yeah. All right. Meaning. Alignment. Check. Sexual health and history. Yeah. 
the big I think I think again um, specificity. When was your last test? Yeah. What were you tested for? Um, what have been your engagements since your last test? Have you been using condoms 100% of the time since that last test? Have you been using some of the time since that last test? Uh, thing, do you have any agreements with your partners? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that we're finding too is maybe you have what we call a fluid bond. So you have a closed container with your partner with no condoms, but then with anyone else, you, you're going to use condoms. Right. right? Birth control. Yeah. This is a big one that I I I discuss because I am not on birth control and yeah. I, I feel really good about that. I want to be in tune with my cycle, but I want my partner to know what, what they're getting into. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm very explicit with that that I'm not on birth control and I will not have any babies and like yeah. just so they yeah, I want them to be fully informed of what they're walking into. Uh and then with this too, I always just encourage frequent testing because mm-hmm. it makes all of us feel you know, there's no such thing as safe sex, but just, I think the safety is in transparency. Yes. That's where the safety is. Right. I know I am walking in, I am making my choice fully informed yeah. and that feels really good. Yes. Right. And giving someone the opportunity to have consent. Yeah. And ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, like I think there's so much stigma out there. So having this conversation in the beginning, being able to just be really open and giving an opportunity to do it without judgment and just say like, you know, this is, I, I test positive for this or I don't for that. And do you have any questions or concerns or this is what that might mean? Yeah. Like those, that feels really like a great way to care for ourselves and totally. others. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we saved this one at the end for a reason yes. because it, it can be edgy to talk about sexual health, especially when we do our carriers of certain STIs. And so we also always want to provide, you know, agency for those of us having this conversation that um, this came up for me at a second base party that I was throwing. um, And I encouraged everyone to have uh, an earlier version of the dreams talk that I was developing. And it put sexual health sort of really, you know, closer to the top of the conversation and I had said, you know, well, yeah, share all your, share your whole thing. Like just right. here we are, you know, we're being <laughs> honest, we're being vulnerable. And a friend of mine who has an STI was like, I don't want to, if it's a second base party, like, why do I need to talk about this? Yeah. Like, I don't want to share, you know, my herpes status with someone that I'm never going to touch genitals with because, mm-hmm. you know, genital herpes, because this doesn't, this doesn't, isn't relevant. Right. So, you know, you'll see when you, if you look at this PDF that we talk about relevancy, in terms of, you know, what's the scope of the interaction? Because it is somebody's choice to share their sexual, you know, sexual health status um, up to the point of relevancy for their partner. Exactly. But then it, it is sort of, a, it is then depriving your partner of consent and agency if you're going into risky territory and not having revealed, you know, your full sexual health status and history. So, you know, finding that line between personal um sovereignty and choice and saying, you know, we're just going to have a make out. So I'm not going to tell you about my general hobbies versus, you know, I'm going to tell you everything about my sexual health history because I don't know how far this is going to go. And and I want you to be consenting so that you know what you're, how I manage my, my own condition. So you're not having that conversation when you're hot and heavy and you're half naked and they're like, Oh, fuck it. I don't care. Whatever. Like, no, I want you to actually be able to hear what you're getting into and be able to have time to like make a conscious choice. Yes. Right. And the same would go for sexual risk. And so risky behavior. And so like, you know, even if I'm not a carrier for herpes or don't have any other current or HIV or any other, you know, STIs, I could, you know, it's in this S category, we talk about um, 
So this was my last date of testing. Here's the risky behaviors I've done since testing so that my partner or potential partner can think, okay, you know, that's a risk I'm willing to bear or that's not a risk I'm willing to bear. Right. And then we're going to take action based on that. And again, none of that is necessary if you're just going to have a makeout, you know, it's unless you feel like going, delving all the way into sexual health, like Freya is saying, because maybe the makeout's going to go further. Right. But for example, in my agreements with Max, um, like part of why we made those agreements of no oral sex, no intercourse is that it pretty much almost pretty much universally prevents having to really worry about sexual health and STIs for the most part for now, just as we're like, you know, exploring, opening up and having other lovers and other sexual experiences. It's nice to just have that not be so much of an issue. Right. So there's also that, like, here are my boundaries, you know, here's the sexual, here's the relevant things I need to tell you about my sexual health, you know, given the boundaries that I have. Right. Yeah. And and people can go to, and then there's choice to get to go as deep as you want. Cause you never have to share anything, right? but you do have to share things that are relevant to your partner self. Yeah. And I think that it's really good to look at these because I know I've been navigating, I think I talked with you Bez before where I don't like condoms. Nobody likes condoms. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody probably does. Somebody other maybe. We don't know them And so it was navigating, well, okay, so I have five lovers and none of us use condoms. I'm like, well, that's safe because we keep having the conversation. We're having tests. You know, I know what everyone's status is and they know mine. But then I started to do the math. I'm like, well, if I have five lovers and they have five lovers and their lovers have five lovers, then like... Then all of a sudden, my it's like hundreds of people. It's like hun- yeah. quickly hundreds of people. Very quickly. So it was it was really helpful to kind of navigate through this and be like, okay, so what do I want my my risk pool to look like, and what is you know, and and frequent testing has definitely been one of those things that's helped. But yeah, it was just it was just really eye opening to kind of dive into this and, yeah. and feel into what what works for everybody and honoring honoring what people's needs are in this. Without yeah. shame, without story, just mm-hmm. yeah, we get to we all get to choose this. We're all we're all sovereign beings in this, and we want it to be fun and juicy and yummy. So yeah, that's it. <sighs> we did it. Yeah, yeah. The talk. It has the one thing I've been noticing about this is it has been it has helped me feel really safe to know when my lovers are mm, using this to meet yes. with their potential lovers because then I know I'm being cared for or considered. I'm being considered. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're not getting themselves into any sticky situations because they're being so transparent. And by sticky, I mean, like, emotionally <laughs> sticky. <laughs> Hopefully they're getting themselves into yeah. sticky situations. But, yeah, I just, so there, so there's not surprises as far as emotional entanglements with metamors and things like that. So it's been, I've, I've encouraged and I felt, I have felt encouraged by my lovers using this. And I, I've been using it, like, earlier and earlier because it's been such yeah. a great tool. Yeah, Awesome. Great. Well, I'm really glad that we shared this. It feels like a really beautiful, you know, in this dark mapless world of infinite relating <laughs> to have like, okay, here's a tool. Here's like, here's a little flashlight we can use yeah. to sort of shine on like, are we in the same universe? Is is our path similar? Like, do we both want to head in the same direction? Right. Like, are you interested in exploring this quadrant of <laughs> reality with me or not? Um, yeah, I, I think that it's useful. And if you guys use it, Tell us what happens. Yes, we would love to let's hear about know. it. We want to hear. And yeah. use it, I think, practice it. Use it with friends. Use it with lovers. Because every time you do, you get more clarity uh, in yourself and your own process. Yeah. So, so it'll be on the website. Yeah. Infiniterelating.love. Yes. Great. All right. All right. Happy dreaming. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. Hang out with us more at infinite relating.love and stay infinite.